0: Hey guys, this is Kim, your hostess with the mostest. You are tuned back into the Soul Sense podcast. I have my trusty wingman, Melvin, over there trying to get our levels together. He'll get on the mic soon. Hey, how you doing? And we are so appreciative that you guys have tuned back into us. Now, let me say this. I am getting over a cold, so... You know, I do got my groaning, and sexy voice on. <laughs> if you hear a little bit of a coughing in the background or a little, I may be drinking a little water here and there. So please bear with us. And we've been upgrading our, um, what is it? Our equipment. And so, you know, you may hear Melvin kind of on, kind of off. He may be delayed in some of his responses because he's trying to, um, get our levels right. So, you know, we're trying to bring better audio and, uh, this is part of the process. So Melly Mel, what's going on? What's going on? (laughs) Not a thing. (laughs) It's been a long time since we left you without a strong beat.
1: (laughs) It has been a long time. Um, yeah a lot of, a lot of stuff been going on. been um enjoying some uh, we've been having some good family time, I think. We
0: really have and I guess the last time I think the episode went up on January 25th maybe I think I checked earlier today and that's where we left off with our last episode. Um, and so we've had some birthdays. Um, uh, me, myself, I turned 34. Woo-hoo. And then my our oldest turned six. Um, we're the January birthdays. And so we were definitely celebrating and then uh sickness hit the house. So it started with our little one. Should got the the stomach bug, and then um she passed it on to me, and then I passed it on to our oldest Toots. And so everybody got hit hit except for Melvin, because he got a stomach of steel. <laughs> yeah, I, I typically
1: don't get uh, hit when the whole family gets hit, but. You eat McDonald's, and there you go. <laughs> Listen, I will not have you blaspheming McDonald's Love. while I'm in your presence.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the only thing to give you food poisoning. I'm just saying.
1: I mean, I've eaten McDonald's how many times in my life? And I've only gotten two cases of food poisoning. Yeah. To me, that's a good well, that's a good uh, ratio.
0: Well, I have ate a lot of hot dogs in my life. And the two times in my life I've had uh, food poisoning, it's been because of hot dogs. I mean, hey. I mean, hey, so, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the person who gambles. The more you gamble, you're going to hit. The more you eat McDonald's, you, your chances of getting food poisoning is going to happen. So, yeah, well, yeah. But anywho, that went through our house and, you know, so we were getting over that and just other things. We really, like Melvin said, we've had some family time. We went out to the museum and- um and here in Dallas they got lots of stuff like that so we took our girls to the Perot Museum of Science and that's whatever it is the Perot Museum and it was fabulous we had a great family day and uh, both the girls had a great time which I was really surprised that our little one really enjoyed it but they actually had a toddler museum for them
1: yeah that was nice I, I enjoyed that uh it was cool to see, uh, you know, we have all that type of stuff in Dallas and we don't typically go in and, and take advantage of it a lot of times. That was, uh, especially like the Perot Museum and mm-hmm. you and Fair went to the-
0: We went to the Fort one in Worth. Uh, Fort Worth, the Natural Science and whatever it's called,
1: museum. <clears throat> yeah, you know, the one thing that's kind of, I guess, challenged me or convicted me, um, and I guess probably you too, is, you know, we have a daughter that's – our kids are full of life, first off, both of them. But uh, my oldest, is she's super energetic, and she's very inquisitive, and, you know, she's intelligent. Um, And you have to be careful not to just – you know, there's certain things where you want to – Teach them self control and whatever else. But I think there's also the part of it where you gotta make sure that you're challenging their minds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, my, I was talking to my mom yesterday and she was like, You know, you've got to make sure that you guys are challenging Farah, that she is uh, being stretched. More than just in school, um, because they're only going to do so much, yeah. but even at home, just making sure that we are pushing her to thank, pushing her to uh be challenged, basically. Mm. Um, because and she was like, you know, just from her interactions with her, she could see where when when she is idle, or when she not just being idle, but when she's not challenged, um, she can be uh. That's when she kind of gets in trouble or whatever. That's mm-hmm. when she goes off the rails a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so good old Mama B. Yeah, yeah. And she got them old nuggets. But I, I mean, I agree. Me and you know, me and your mom talk a lot, and you know, we got our own personal, private relationship. And and I would have to agree. You know, like what well, that's it's. I was having a conversation today. And I was uh, telling the person I was talking to is that, like, you know, I feel like we're at this place. We've, you know, you have children and we've only been parents for six years. So let's keep let's keep keep that clear. Like, we're not experts. okay? (laughs) But, you know, you have your children and they're little and they have personality early on. But like they're so moldable to a point where like what they may do it to they're probably not going to be doing that when they're 12 you know what i'm saying i mean cuz they grow and they become more complex but like now i feel like we're at a fork in the road where like if we don't nip certain things in the bud that it could go far left. And then if we don't fan certain things, then she'll lose certain like strengths that she has, you know? And it's like, I'm seeing it very, very clear of like, okay, like we have to address this. And it's been stretching me. It's been stretching you too, because it's like, I I hate to say it, but for lack of better words, you know, when your kids are younger you ain't got to worry about a lot of stuff. I mean, let's just keep it real. Like, you can't, you really can be like, I don't want to use the word lazy, but you don't have to put as much effort. Like, I feel like now we have started to parent. Like, I really honestly feel like we are parenting. Like, we are having to explain consequences. We're having to really give out discipline more than sitting in timeout. Timeout don't work for her now. Like she she's a kid now. She ain't no little baby. Like I put my little one in in a timeout chair tonight and it fixed it just like that. No, like now we're having to really mold character. Like, okay, like if you do this, you will have this consequence. The decision is yours. You know what I'm saying? Like she had a place where she can make decisions. And so it's like we've been going on a string and we've shared this before with you guys about just where we're at. And it's I mean, by no means do I feel I feel a totally huge like improvement. Her her behavior has been great, don't you think? Like
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's been vastly improved.
0: Yeah, but I we have just noticed, you know, like you know, you hear older people or people who have like adult children or teenagers say like You know, you have to really mold things to that individual, to that individual child. And, you know, we have just both agreed as we've just been observing her and the things that motivate her, the things that don't motivate her, like we really can't let up on her at all. Like she can't have a lot of independence. Like she can be independent, but we can't give her a lot of freedom to just, willy-nilly because she can get into trouble by herself like I don't know if I'm even explaining no that, I, right? yeah
1: you are and I, I think it's a matter of so we definitely want her to be independent we want her to have a sense of self and we want to give her the room to develop and become her own person but I think it's our job and what we not not that we have it figured out but I at this point I feel like it's our job to give her a a canvas to paint paint on mm-hmm. right not not just making her have to I think about it like if I'm drawing on a piece of paper and I'm drawing pictures and you know you tell me hey draw whatever you want to draw color whatever you want to color so you're giving me freedom to express myself mm-hmm. but at some point in time I'm going to run out of room on this paper mm-hmm. and so I'm just going to start drawing over it, over it, and over it. And what was artistic expression, or what was me giving you my interpretation of what art was, has now become chaos because I'm just yeah, spinning around, spinning around, spinning around.
0: That's a good. That's a good one. So
1: you know, just as much as we have to look for opportunities to give her different mediums in which yeah. to express herself.
0: Yeah, and and we. That That's probably been the biggest aha moment for us is that, that very thing there is that like, like we can't just taking her to the park. That's not the only thing like we've been having to get like creative, like taking her to a museum like being very intentional with getting one-on-one time with her, getting time with her where it's just the three of us, you know what I'm saying? Like we're really seeing that. And, you know, to some people that'll be like, well, that's probably all kids. Well, maybe to a certain degree. But as I reflect upon my own childhood, um, I didn't need – my parents were able to give me. Now I had my own quirks, but in this area I was able to – have a little bit more into, like freedom in that. Like they didn't have to. But right now, at least in this time in her life, we're having to have to kind of like have the reins kind of tight. And, you know, and just really trying to find the balance where we're not smothering her with that, but giving her clear boundaries and expectations and allowing her to meet them you know what I'm saying? And it's very clear. So if you don't meet them, then you know what the consequence is. And that has helped us, especially me, because when there is a a, a expectation, you know, it's if you rather meet it or you don't. So if you meet it, we good. If you don't, you know what your consequence is. And so it takes a lot of the emotion and the frustration out of it for me. So yeah, that's where that's That's probably a big thing that has been going on.
1: Wonderful chillings.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love my babies now. I love my babies. And then Suge is 18 months, and she is...
1: And it's not Suge Avery. It is Suge Knight.
0: Yeah, 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 basically. And uh, she's a tower patch kid. She can be as sweet as sugar or as mean as Suge Knight. That's why I call her Suge. And uh, she has hit her terrible twos um <laughs> she's already starting and she will throw her little tantrums. She's she she has her little streak of stubbornness, but she's, you know, it's not it's not as bad as you I thought it was going to be or it can be. You know, she we can one thing that I appreciate about her is that we can correct her easily. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you know, she like earlier this today, she wanted something to eat and she put, went in my pantry and pulled out some some stuff and i told her no cuz i knew melvin was coming home with food when she threw a fit well, Fallon, when you ready to join the group, you can come back. And so then she go from the kitchen crying to standing in front of me because she wanted to make sure that I know that she was crying. And when I saw she was going to keep on doing that, that's when I pulled out a little chair and said, okay, you sit over here until you calm down. And then that's when you walked in and she was calming down. And then she had to go back to the chair and then she calmed down again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> First time you sit there to that chair, see, I had never done that. It cracked me up because she just knew where to go. She said, Go have a seat. She just all over there today. She was about to, she was like, No, and she didn't say no, but she was like, mm, Try to walk to her mm-hmm. little high chair mm-hmm. or low chair
0: because you got to sit <laughs> on the floor.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's that. Um, let's uh. Get into our conversation today, you think? Has you got anything else?
0: Yeah, no, no, not really. Okay, we can get on started.
1: So, uh, the last time uh, we talked, um, we ended off on part one of me just talking about uh, my journey to Christ. And we stopped with uh, kind of leading into me meeting Kimberly and Getting ready to go into that uh whole thing. And so let's start that.
0: Okay. So so I guess it would be best for me to give a little background about myself, right? You think so. Yep. All righty. So my story is different <laughs> from Melvin. I'm kind of like my my story's kind of on the other side, still full of sin, but just on the other side. <laughs> so, uh, for me, I was born and raised in church. I'm from Tennessee, and growing up, everybody went to Baptist church. I hardly knew anybody that was a part of any other denomination, other than people who went to Catholic school. And they were actually they were Catholic, but you you know coming from the South, coming from the Bible Belt, and from a small town, you know it's just there ain't a lot of diversity. <laughs> so whether you were black or white, everybody I knew went to a Baptist and maybe a Methodist church. You know what I'm saying? So, and now as an adult, I'm realizing there was other stuff in Jackson. But anyway, so anyways. Uh, we grew up, and it was probably like a typical raising of a lot of people that I know. Like, you go to church on Sunday. Um, we were there. My parents were involved. My dad was a trustee, and my mom did a lot of different activities throughout the church, and we were always there on the usher board, on in the choir, all that stuff. But, I mean... Technically, I believe I got baptized when I was seven years old. And to be really honest with you, I went up there because all my friends were getting baptized. Kind of like what you said, Melvin. Like there wasn't <laughs> you just right. You just like okay. I think I think I'm supposed to do this, so I, I, I'm going to do that. And there really wasn't much conversation prior to it from anyone, not just in my family, but just like in the church there wasn't any explanation of what I was doing. Or, so I, I just did because everybody else, peer pressure. And then afterwards, not much conversation, you know what I'm saying? So anyways, um, went on like that. I mean, throughout high school, I I can't say that my, my journey was like yours, which you know this, but, you know, like I was, I guess, on the outside looking in everything looked good. And I guess that's pretty much my theme for my my testimony how everything on the outside can look very good, but on the inside everything can be very poor. You know what I'm saying? Um because for one, there wasn't much talk about deep and vulnerable conversation anywhere I went. You know, I think something that is big in the black community is that you keep your business your business. And then, you know, you don't want other people to look down upon you. And I think that's an attitude that a lot of African-American families have, even amongst the family you know, I, you know, I know, I, I think everybody's probably been told this, like, you don't go and tell your household business to people. Right. So their vulnerability is just not in the community. So telling somebody what you struggling with, no, nah, that ain't happening. You know, you struggling in your marriage, you going to struggle alone with it. You know what I'm saying? Your kid's crazy. You struggling alone with it because on the outside, it's a front. You know, so that's what I did. Um, I was a straight A student. I I graduated from high school 4.0 GPA. I played basketball, volleyball. I, I mean, I was very active. I was in a lot of organizations, beta club, National Honor Society, you name it. I was that girl. You know what I'm saying? Um but like I said, what a lot of people did though was I was out there in them streets. <laughs> So, I mean, I definitely dated guys early on in my, you know, uh, in high school, you know, and, you know, I was good at hiding what I was doing. Um, I really would, I'll be honest with you. I was not a lady of the night, but I was not a church girl. Okay. And we'll just keep it at that. Okay. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but I had a lot of people fooled, you know, like I even remember um, somebody that I, that was in my same class. I had started talking to a guy and she was like, you don't need to be talking to him because he going to take your virginity. And I was thinking to myself, girl, that virginity, bingo. (laughs) And I mean, but that tells you like, the vibe that I put out there. I was on the outside. I looked good. You know what I'm saying? But, um, I was considered very popular. I was homecoming queen. I mean, you name it. Like I I did, I did that. But again, I really didn't have true friends. The friends that I quote unquote had, um, we really weren't friends. I mean, we we really won friends. They really weren't watching my back. I show sure wasn't watching their back. I didn't know what loyalty was. And so I kept on like that. But in the in but all the while saying I'm a Christian and I and and I believe in God, okay? Um go to college, that behavior continues. I mean again, like I said, you know. It really wasn't until I became a Delta that I was kind of in that situation forced to like show more vulnerability about myself and tell things about me and my life that I did not know. And then I also met people that were in the same boat as me, you know, and so it was more of a comfortable space to share more you know hurtful and you know uh vulnerable things about my life but um still you know I mean there was still like a level where it was like I, I ain't going there you know now mind you in college I was a a big drinker um I really was I've really never been a smoker but I've tried it and and when I say smoker I'm talking about marijuana, talking about weed. I didn't I didn't try anything else outside of that. But, you know, I was a Sorority girl. So, when people think about Greeks, you know, I do I will say that our organizations do a lot for the community. But we also do a lot of social stuff too. We cannot negate the, the neglect that that's things that we do as well. So, I definitely part, partook of that and um, I mean, I had to be honest. I lived a life. I mean, I had a life. I was, I was out there, you know, I did what I wanted to do. And, you know, kind of that thing, you know, we didn't have this saying when I was in college, but YOLO, you only live once so living your best life. We weren't saying those things, but that's exactly what I was doing. I was living my best life. So, and so what I wanted to do, I felt like, you know, I went to college. I had you know, I had freedom at that time because in high school I didn't really have that freedom. I had to do a lot of sneaking around, you know. But when I went to college, man, you know, have a dude spend the night, that's nothing. You know what I'm saying? Get sloppy drunk, throw up the next morning, that's nothing. You know, stay out all night, don't go to class, that's nothing you know what i'm saying so i could do that you know and so and that's what i did you know so anywho um i'm trying to see where i can go with
1: this so it was about this time that that you and i met is when you were in
0: uh, i was online
1: you were online and uh and we
0: were in a class together
1: Music voice.
0: Yeah. And it was a, (laughs) so here's this story. So now we were in this class together and we were in this class with just a handful of people. Like it was probably not even 10 people, probably like seven or eight people in this class or whatever. And I signed up for this class because I was actually talking to another guy. That was in the class. We had dated, had broken up, and was kind of talking at the time. And his best friend happened to be Line Brothers with Melvin, and Melvin was in the class too. So we would be up in the class shooting the breeze, having a good time. All the while I'm online, so I really couldn't talk to them, you know what I'm saying? But in class, I could talk to them, you know what I'm saying? So. So we shooting the breeze and stuff like that. Meanwhile, the dude I'm talking to, you know, I actually messed up that relationship. I, I'm woman enough to admit that. And he wasn't the type to backslide. And so he kind of didn't want to say he didn't want to get back with me. But he didn't say he did. So he was doing what he was doing. And so then I made the decision that, you know, hey, this not going to work. So. I had been flirting with Melvin. (laughs) I had been flirting with him. Mm, And mm, I mm. was. I told you. I wasn't the woman of the night. But I wasn't no church girl. Okay? I was out here being. It was hard out here for a pimp. Let's just say that. Okay?
1: All right? i tell you what you are. What? Is you a bluffer on these daggum mic levels. Before we start, y'all, I try to get her to set her mic she said, I can't talk loud
0: I I wasn't I, My medicine done
1: all kicked yellow. in
0: But my medicine done <laughs> kicked in And then you told me to sit close You know what? You hating on my testimony That's what that is <laughs> That's what that is, okay So anyways So Melvin tried to slide in my DMs Or what they would consider DMs Back in that day so y'all remember those phones, like those Nokia phones, and you would turn on the phone and it would have a welcome message. This boy done took my phone and had put <laughs> a welcome message that only he would do. Now, he's a Sigma, and what did you put on there?
1: Blue 5.
0: No, you didn't. I think you put Go Mom. Oh,
1: Go Mom? No, it's Blue 5. You
0: put Blue 5, okay? Now, at this time, I didn't realize it when he did it. We we get out of school and everything like that because I wasn't turning my phone on and turning it off. Um, I go, we get out of school for the semester, out of school for the year. I go home for Mother's Day and I turn my phone off for church, turn it back on, and I see Blue fi. And I'm like, this Negro done blah, 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 blah. So after I get back, I, back home, I call him and we end up talking for, like, hours, right? Yeah. Yeah, we talk for hours. And so off of a just, uh, this food, done changed my welcome message, you know. So anyways, so we started, you know, chit-chatting back and forth. Actually, I think I shot you a message through Facebook. I slid in your DMs, man, because <laughs> I told him. No, seriously, though, I thought that he was a real cool dude. You know, like going to the school that we went to is a big athletic school. And, you know, if you're not an athlete or you're a Greek, like they pretty much had the pick of whatever woman they wanted. So not all the guys were jerks, but a lot of them were, you know, like they came with the arrogance, and so Melvin was very humble. He would talk to you like a human being. And I just wasn't used to that. You know, most of the time I felt like I had to get past some type of facade with other, with other black males on our campus. You know, you couldn't just have a conversation with them without them thinking that you was flirting with them or something like that. Or at least that's how I felt. I don't know if any other girl felt that way, but I felt like I had to get past the wall to actually have a real conversation with a lot of men on our campus. And so with him, we'd be in there joking, laughing, shooting a breeze. I mean, the whole class was fun. All of us had a good time together. (laughs) But, I mean, like, I just really hit it off with him, you know. And then when we talked on the phone and we talked for hours about a whole lot of stuff, a plethora of things, that just really intrigued me. And so we continued to talk over that summer, and we went on our first unofficial date yeah. to Walmart. <laughs> he went grocery shopping with me. Long story short, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to go, I don't want to make this like a how me and Melvin start dating and all that stuff like that, but... I do want to give a little bit of background because he is a big part. He is a part of my my story, you know, when it comes to my testimony.
1: Right. And I think one thing about it is during this time, as I mentioned, this kind of overlaps in the end towards the end of my story when I was saying I was slowing down on going to church and. You used to ask me about coming to church and things like that. What were you thinking when about my replies to that? Like so, tell me your, your standpoint. So
0: once me and me and you started dating, so we started talking. That led to dating. And one of the things that attracted me to you was just your knowledge of the Bible. I had never seen someone your age know the Bible and be able to break it down and explain it the way that you did. Like the way that you did it was the way that I had seen people who were pastors do it. So because you, and the way that you explained it to me was so patient and it was so humbly, You, I mean, it was full of humility. And so it attracted me to you. So when you, you would just in our normal conversation, start talking about like your church And mind you, y'all, like when we started dating, Melvin never missed church. Like he always went to church on Wednesday and he went on Sunday, which was a huge big thing for me because we never went to church on Wednesday, hardly. We only went, we never missed Sunday, but we hardly ever went on Wednesday. And you were so like, it was like, I got to go to church. Like you even had like rearranged your work to like you because when we met melvin was working like two three jobs okay <laughs> but it and, and was never never has been a lazy man never ever has but it really it really like made me stop because like even though you were such a hard worker you did not work on wednesday and sunday at You know, like you worked your daytime job, but then you didn't go to your evening job because you had to go to church. So, of course, all of that would make me be like, well, like, hey, can I come to your church? You know, and I really can't really remember your exact words. I just felt like you were blowing me off and like you never really gave me like a real reason why you didn't want me to go to your church. But then I remember one time asking, well, do you want to go to my church that I was frequenting? And you was like, Nope. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, all right. <laughs> I was like, okay, don't know what that's about. And I really don't think that I thought too much into it because like I said, you were already different from every other person that I had talked to anyway. Like, I had definitely dated guys who went to church, but you were very disciplined. And, like, when the Bible says, don't give up the meetings of the body, like, and I didn't even know that scripture then. But now, in hindsight, I'm like, you were very, very disciplined. And as somebody who really wasn't in into my relationship with Christ at the at the time, I could see that even though I didn't know that. And that stood out to me. So I didn't understand because like, even in our conversations, you would talk so highly about people at your church. You would talk so highly about your spiritual experience. And I knew that you cared about God. I knew that you loved God, but I didn't know I mean, really, honestly, I think that I thought, I guess I thought that you were ashamed of me. Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't really kind of want to bring me around. Like, I wasn't good enough. And I think we might have actually talked about that because I remember, yeah, we did because we sat on, I remember we being at my apartment and we were over there um, by some of your frat brother's apartment and we were sitting on the stairs outside And because I think it came up because I was, we had been talking for months and everything was good. And I just was thinking like, well, why am I, why are we not official? And you couldn't give me an answer, Mm -hmm. but I knew that you liked me. So it was like, am I not good enough? Like, are you ashamed of me? Like, you know, I felt like my life, that was the first time I felt like my life was catching up with me because like you like me, but you like Down low, like me. Mm -hmm. And then you, like, after we had that conversation, and you was like, No, it's not that. It's just a lot that's going on personally. And then that's when I was like, Oh. And so I just let you figure it out at that point.
1: And I do think that part of it was I was ashamed of the way that I was going about it. Because as you see now, my my relationship with you was not spiritually driven. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What I should have done was when I met you, my first thing, our first conversation should have been spiritually driven. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I had a, a great opportunity to share with you about Christ and whether you came out to church with me or not, I could, first off, that should have been the first thing is me testing the temperature uh, of, of you spiritually to see if we were going to be equally yoked. But in all actuality, I would have probably been the the drag on you because though I had a lot of intellectual uh, understanding of the Bible, I think at that time I was spiritually weak, you know, just spiritually broken and not really wanting to confront the things that, that I had issues with. And like we talked about last time with people and things, I've, I've always been the type of person, it was always very difficult for me to trust people in general. You know, I've been very, my, my life, I've been very aloof. I've never had like a true investment in people. And in that time I did, and I opened myself up and made myself vulnerable. And I got a lot of wounds because of that. Mm. But like I mentioned before, these things are, they could have been dealt with. And at the end of the day, I never became a Christian to have friends and for these different relationships. Mm -hmm. I became a Christian specifically out of my reaction to what Jesus did for me. Mm -hmm. But I got so caught up and so mixed up that. I left. I lost my my focus. You know, I wasn't paying attention to to my original love, mm. and I think back about that time that you're talking about right now. And you know, I think everything happens for a reason, but I do feel like. So now I think, what if, what if I would have handled this righteously? You mm. know what I mean. Mm. So, in a sense, I think there was some shame, but it was. Because of me, really. It was just me being selfish. Instead of loving you, I was very worldly about my feelings towards you, and it was like a selfish love. Mm. Um, Instead of a love, like if I loved you, I would have been concerned with your salvation more than anything, as opposed to me just being uncomfortable in a situation.
0: Yeah, and... And I I honestly didn't even remember that until we're just talking about that now, like that conversation we had on the stairs at the apartment and just, like, really just thinking, like, you know, this is, like, the first relationship that I've been in where I just feel like it's just good and, like, really accepting the fact that, like, He's probably heard some stuff about me because I hadn't been in a couple of fights at that point. And, you know, me and my line sisters, we was not going. And so, like, I just was thinking, like, man, the decisions of my past and caught up with me, and he's mm. just kind of ashamed of me. And I was, like, willing to just let you work through that. But, like, I wasn't going to make let you, like, make me feel bad. Like, I wanted you to tell me that. And then when we talked... I was like, okay, so this ain't me, you know? Yeah. And so I don't know. And then next thing I know, you stop going to church. And then we started really getting heavy into our relationship. We continue our relationship. I gra- You graduate first. Then I graduate like a year later. And we get engaged and we start our married life and let me tell you guys something this is funny (laughs) it's a funny story but we actually as a couple I remember us getting married and we having a conversation like we got to find a church home you know like that was something I feel like we both felt like okay like we got to get serious about this and we went and visited a couple of churches in the area. Like we, I went to a church. I never joined the church in Knoxville, but I went to a church that a lot of other black students went to and we visited there. Um, we visited the church, that was next to us. It was a uh, a predominantly white uh, Baptist church. It was. They were right next to our our uh, town home.
1: Did we go there?
0: Yeah, we went there a couple of times, like two On or three Sunday? times. hmm I would get. I remember getting off work and going in there in my scrubs. And one thing that I noticed there, though, the the sermon was good. Hardly nobody spoke to us. Like there would be like maybe people. We would sit in the back up against the wall. There was a pew that was up against the wall because we typically would not get there. We went to the early morning service because I was just getting off of work. So I think we went to the 8 o'clock service and we would go in and we would listen and we kind of would, like I wanted to just leave because that was what we used to do when we used to go to church. There was no fellowship in after church for for our family. My mama would hit the dough at the benediction. That amen, amen, <laughs> amen. By that third amen, she had the car. And if you want to go with her, you better be right behind her. But Melvin, I remember you saying, "Let's kind of hang out and kind of fellowship." And I was like, "Fellowship? I would like Soldier Boy fellowship, <laughs> fellowship." Like, <laughs> and so. Cause I really didn't. I just grew up not talking to people like that. So, anyways, but I remember us hanging around, and maybe one family would come up to us or a couple of people, but hardly, uh, uh, hardly anybody really would come up and talk to us. And then it just that didn't feel right. And then we went to the other church that I fr- frequented when I was in a. Oh yeah. In a school, and here's the funny story. So. We happened to go on this one Sunday. Now, mind you, it took everything in me to convince this man to go. Because even when we dated, I used to go to this church. He never went with me. He would refuse. I'm not going. (laughs) I go to any other church, but I ain't going. I might never have you ever been there. No, but I already know what it's about. So anyways, I finally get this man to go. Okay. And what Sunday do we show up on? Pastor appreciation. Pastor appreciation is the Sunday that we show up on. Now, anybody who has gone to a church, a black church, you know what pastor appreciation is. So I just, for me, it wasn't no problem. Cause I already knew what it was all about. I knew we was going to be in there rocking. The music was going to be rocking. It was going to be some good preaching. I knew, and we probably was going to be able to get a meal after. I knew. Okay. But I was like, this ain't the Sunday for this one right here. This just not, he It's not going to work for him. So, Traditionally, pastor appreciation, the actual pastor that's being honored is not going to actually preach. Okay. And I want to say it was like pastor appreciation slash pastor uh, anniversary. And so so that means all his family, his kids, his grandkids, then came into town, family, friends, old mentors. I mean, the pet place was packed. And so... They end up getting, they always have a pastor come in to preach because he's getting, the actual pastor is getting honored. So anyways, this visiting pastor gets up in the pulpit. And some or another, he's made he's starting now and he's making small talk. And he says something like, you know, I've seen him come from a long way. And even when his daddy was preaching in his pulpit, da-da-da-da-da. And then he makes a comment like, but you know what? I looked out there in that that parking lot and I see that he got him a Mercedes Benz. And I had to knock him down a peg, said, you ain't arrived until you get two Mercedes Benz. And everybody in the congregation, it's like a roar of laughing. You know what I'm saying? And even I start to kind of chuckle because I'm used to hearing this type of talk. Okay. But Melvin sitting over to my right is like, what did he say? And he says it so loud, y'all. Like, I'm just like, did I? yes, you did. And I was like, Shh. And he was, and you was like, I will not be quiet. How dare he say that? I said, "Oh Lord back. Please don't embarrass me up in this
1: church. Please. But listen, this is the thing, though. This church is in the middle of oh, the, the hood. hood. Yes, it is. Like right next door to the big projects.
0: Right on down.
1: That they knocking down, that people getting shot at. Yep. And half the people in there ain't have a nickel to rub against them, us True. included. True. We may have been a little bit better at that time. But still. I know. I I was like...
0: But at the time, I didn't know. Because like uh, I said, I grew up hearing that. And when you grow up hearing stuff, you accept things as if it's okay.
1: But you know what? I think that it was good that that happened. Because if we would have went in there and everything would have went smooth, I think it would have been... Like, I could have got comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because even when I was sitting in there... Because we went there one other time or something like that. And um, I re- I remember looking around and being like, you know what, I think I could do okay here. Um, You know, I could become part of the board or something like that and, you know, find some pl- ways to serve and, you know, really try to make this thing work. And, and not being judgmental on any church or anything like that, but the church we went to, like, I, I mean, I'm a big, like Kimberly said, I, I was into the word and I was a a i was really into doctrine you know well i am into doctrine and understanding what the bible says line lining up to doctrine period um not just christianity but i i i've studied religion in general um in depth and uh i knew that that this there have been some things worn within me but Honestly, I was like, you know, there may be some things that are off doctrinally, but I can help to change the the culture. And who who's to say whether I could or couldn't have if I was spiritually healthy, but I wasn't spiritually healthy. So there was no need for me to be looking at helping somebody else, you know, trying to change the culture of a church or even judging the culture of a church. So I thank God. Let it be so outrageous like at least to me something that would stand out as being so outrageous mm-hmm. um because you know who knows man that, maybe there was nothing wrong with what he was saying i i still wouldn't if it were my home church i would have gone up and talked to him afterwards and and said you know that i that i felt like it was Actually, I wouldn't say what he said was inappropriate. I would try to figure out the heart behind it. And why is that a measure of a person, especially when you're dealing with people who we can we as a culture can can place a lot of value in things, especially when you and without going into all that. But it's just the truth. You know what I mean? Now, when we get,
0: and, and now I, I. I see a problem with what he said. Right. Flat out. I mean, let's that, keep it in
1: 100. But we, we can have another conversation about that another day. But okay. So, continuing on. So
0: continuing on. So that left a bad taste in Mr. Ellis' uh, uh, mouth. And so that we basically, the point I'm trying to make is that we went on a journey trying to find a church. Like we we did. We actively tried to find a church home. And we just... We really, we couldn't find it. And so, um, randomly, I think we kind of gave up a little bit or kind of just felt like eventually we'll find something. You know, I think I knew that we were going to move from Tennessee. So I figured when we move to the next place, we'll probably find something there. Cause we're going to go to a bigger city. There'll be more options and boom, you know what I'm saying? So randomly, one day, Melvin comes to me and says, "Hey, my old roommate Birch is preaching at church, and I want to go see him. We're gonna go on Sunday." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I mean, all right, you know." And at this point, I was working on my master's degree. I was in my uh, nurse practitioner program, and um, I was like, "Okay, cool," you know what I'm saying?
1: And. This at this point in time, Kimberly, uh, and you probably already know, but you know, I had I we I had hung out with Birch a couple of times and we had talked, but he never put any pressure on me to come to church or anything, but he would just call every once in a while, check in on me. How you doing, Melvin? And you know, we'd chat, we'd uh go have coffee and uh my buddy Anwar, while he was still in town, we'd get together and play basketball and you know, just different things like that. And so when he called me, I was a little hesitant. I was like, um eh. He was like, look, man. I'm." And no, actually, I didn't even have time to be hesitant. He called me and was like, I want, I'm going to be preaching on Sunday. And I would really love for you to come and hear your boy preach. And I don't know what was so special about this Sunday because he had preached before, maybe it had been a while since he had done it. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that, that he had preached in front of the church before.
0: And I, w- I want to also say this so it's clear. This this uh, person, this friend, this roommate was somebody who went to Melvin's church that he had stopped going to.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's not like this was just some random person that he had just happened to be friends with and he invited us to his church. This was he was inviting Melvin back to the church that he used to go to.
1: Right. And it may sound funny um, to people, to like the 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 church I, I went to, it was a very, you know, just, it was all about biblical Christianity. By this time, my dad had moved back to Ohio. So it was literally yeah. just, yeah. these people were, were my family and we really were in the mission together. You know, we'd be out. Pray we prayed together, cried together, laughed together, went through good times, bad times, and
0: You went on a mission trip. Went
1: on mission trips with them, not with Birch, but with other people. You know, these were people who and like I got, literally became a man with these people, you know what I mean, with with this group of friends. And we were, I mean, thick as thieves, man. I can't even describe the the type of bond that that we had and me going back, I, I remember. Of course, I said yes, and I remember I was so nervous.
0: Mm-hmm. I was
1: so nervous,
0: and I didn't understand that
1: because I hadn't seen these people in forever. But I
0: didn't understand it, and I had yeah. Go ahead. Oh well, I didn't understand it because here's the thing: Melvin had not told me all the bad. At this point, I didn't know about what was going on personally with him. And I just thought he just didn't want to go to a church because like I said, growing up in the environment that I grew up in, people church hopped all the time. So it wasn't nothing for me to see him not be being at a church, you know, because like I said, I didn't know loyalty, you know what I'm saying? So I mean, but all you spoke about when it came to the different people you would bring up were all great things. So I'm thinking this was going to be a reunion.
1: And how silly is that as a sidebar that we are married and you don't know squat about the biggest part of my, my life up until then we hadn't talked about it. Um, so we're married and we are,
0: Probably about for about a year and a half yeah. at this point, point.
1: and so we go out and it, I don't even remember what the message was. I don't
0: either.
1: But what I do remember is, like, people were so happy to see me, mm-hmm. and I was so happy to see them, and it just was a missing piece in my life, and and it really just it was like that that when when the Bible talks about like the the Body and its purpose, mm-hmm. and how the body—you know—it's just one body. Mm-hmm. We're all parts of the body, and you know, the I can't say, you know, I don't need you, and whatever else. Um, I felt all the things that I had been missing, and I felt—you don't know what you, you know—it's things that I didn't even know were a missing piece in my mm-hmm. life, and I was like, man. And I'm looking at all of these kids who I, you know, who I babysat. Um, one little boy who I remember was jumping off the stage, and I ran to his rescue and caught him before he hit the ground. People whose diapers I changed—well, not changed, but was there while other people changed them and uh, didn't change no diapers. But people who I babysat while they were waddling around, and these kids are— one of them's a basketball star. One of them is getting ready to go off to the Air Force and play football. And, I mean, I'm seeing all these people, man. And as happy as I was, I was very saddened as well, like, deep inside, that I missed out on all of this Wow! and that not I missed out, that we missed out on mm. all of this. Because I started to like, I just took into my hands what God had planned for mm. me. You know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, God— could have had all of these things. It wasn't a, a, a mistake that I had this class with you. It wasn't a mistake that we hit it off. Like we could have, we could, How look at what all we missed out on. And that's really what I walked away feeling. And then I started talking to uh, Birch and I was like, man, I'm about to, and he had already known, you know, I'm moving like next week was it next week? Yeah, cuz that's the only no, Sunday I went it wasn't. or did we go another no, Sunday? No, we
0: went a couple of more Sundays, but we had already made the decision to move out here to Texas. So we knew it was coming.
1: And I had already had a job.
0: Yeah, like I think it was like we went in August and you moved in September. Right. So it wasn't like you had many Sundays. Maybe you went one more Sunday or something
1: like that. At the most.
0: But like now, let me paint how it looked to me. So he's telling you how he felt when he went. First off, you know, we go in, and you want to go early. And so that's a, that's another thing I wasn't used to, going to church early, because we don't talk to people now.
1: And it was I, a 4 o'clock service. It was a
0: 4 o'clock service, in the evening at another church, so I'm like, yeah, I can work this out because I can sleep in and I I don't gotta go to work until eleven o'clock, ten o'clock tonight because I was working night shift. I was like, okay, I can do this. But Melvin wanted to get there at like three o'clock, and I was like, what time does service start? He was like, four. Why are we there so early? They're gonna do Sunday school or something like that. I mean, I really, because like I said, we did not fellowship, okay? So we show up and it's not a lot of people there. So I'm not used to that either, because I'm used to going to like churches. They got a lot of people, they having to bring out folding chairs. So it wasn't like a big group of people. And Melvin kind of wants to like sit up kind of close to where everybody else is. I'm like, nah, let's sit back in the back again. Something else we used to do, sit in the back.
1: Did we sit in the back?
0: We did, but we did scoot up a little bit, you know, because at first we were going to sit all the way in the back. But then when we saw that nobody was sitting in the back, then we moved up a little bit. You was like, we need to move up a little bit, but we did not we were still in the back of the people. And so I remember looking at Melvin and saying, why are you so nervous? Like chill out, you know, like thinking like, and saying that, I think I said that to you. And at first, you know, when we walked in, and you gotta understand that five years have passed at this point, it's been five years since Melvin has attended this church. We started dating. When we actually started dating, is the same time that he stopped going to the church consistently. That was 2005. By this time, we had had a relationship. We had graduated from college, gotten married, had been married for about a year and a half. That was about five years. It was 2010. And so he looked completely different. Like the last time they saw you, you had a lot of hair. And you were kinda hippie, Melvin. You know, baggy cargo pants, and you walk in, and your hair's cut short. You got glasses on. You got a tie, button-up shirt on. <laughs> so it was like people were looking back, like, who is that? Do we know them? You know, and I could tell people were like, like, who are they? You know what I'm saying? And then they come up to you. And as they're getting closer, people like different people will get closer. They'd be like, Melvin. And so people were so overjoyed. Like there was even an older couple that came up, Lucy, and she started crying. Like that is how much people were so happy to see Melvin. So when he says that he had family, like, people were crying. Folks were just so happy to see him. And then I remember Lucy was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy to see you. And you look so good. It was like she was looking you over like a mama uh-huh. or like a grandmama. And then she was like, and you got a wife, and she's gorgeous. <laughs> and then it was almost like folks was like, you Got a wife? <laughs> like for I was like, dang, why they say it like that? Like, what kind of just, peon were
1: you? No, I just was just I don't know, man. I just was me. You know what I mean? I yeah. just was living life. But um, you know, and it, it's funny how God works. Um, we'll, we probably we may have to do another part to this.
0: Yeah, cause um, it, it it gets a little better.
1: So. Yeah, so we'll we'll do another part to this uh at another time and it'll be our journey together. Any any pieces of it that Well, I i let's guess, go all the way up to the movie.
0: Yeah, let, let's put a button on it like that. So we mentioned that we start we went to the church, we attended the service In August. Afterwards, we ended up going to the Applebee's not far from the church, and there were a few of the members that happened to just come, too. They came to Applebee's, and we ended up all sitting together, eating dinner together, had a great time, you know. And we decided, me and you, that we were going to continue to go because it was convenient, you know. And I think you would like – I would like for us to continue to go okay yeah and I I don't remember what the sermon was about but I remember it being impactful I I liked it you know what I'm saying and it was good practical teaching biblical teaching so you might have gone back one more time then Melvin gets the call that he has to go and move to to out here to Dallas
1: hey guys it's Melvin wingman here I know I'm not Normally the person doing these outros, but Kimberly is fast asleep as I am up editing at the wee hours of 1030 at night. (laughs) But, um, I just want to thank you guys for listening in to part one. Like we said, we're going to break it up into two parts. Uh, we'll come back here shortly with just our move to Texas and pick up from there. really hope you guys get a chance to, to listen into that, um, Think it's some inspiring things that God has done in our lives up until now. But again, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you then. Bye.